Good morning, I'm David Ivey. I'm the student pastor here at Polaris Christian Church. Love my job, love our students, love Sam. We have Jake back there, awesome. Got two of my former students are going to marry each other. Great stuff. Um, love what I do for a living. Recently, it's been kind of stressful in our country. Between last week and really the past couple months, tons of uncertainty and a ton of unrest. And last week, Alex kind of broke down a part of 1 Peter chapter 2 with this idea of Christian citizenship. He talked about how Christianity needs to have a culture of honor. And he went on to say that if we are followers of Jesus, if we are Christians, we need to honor everyone. So this morning, we're going to continue that talk and that concept of being Christian citizens here on on earth. So we're going to continue to break down 1 Peter chapter 2. If you want to grab your Bible and and open it there to follow along, you're welcome to. Uh, And before we get into the meat of our conversation, I kind of want to look through what Peter says about us right now. We are followers of Jesus. It says this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends... I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. So Peter tells us off the bat that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a foreigner here on earth. Which means this isn't your permanent home. This isn't where you're going to be staying forever. You're just visiting this planet. Uh, The book of James says it this way. It says that life is a vapor. That it's here one day and gone the next. Which means that we're only here for a short period of time. And though as Christians we're looking forward to heaven. And that one day we get to to see Jesus face to face. We still have some work to do here on earth. And so we're going to look at what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom. While you're currently here on this planet. We're going to talk through a couple of ways to become better citizens. So the first thing we're going to talk about this morning, if we want to be a better citizen of God's kingdom here on earth, we have to start living our lives just a little better. Because here's what Peter says. He says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful behavior which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that if they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits. So if we're going to be better citizens of heaven here on earth, it kind of starts with us, our behaviors, our actions. And Jesus sets this amazing example in the Bible. And we, if we are his followers, want to follow that example the best we can. Actually, Jesus kind of puts it this way. In Matthew 7, he says, By their fruits you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from a thorn bush or fig from a thistle? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. So what Peter and Jesus are saying is if we want to be a better citizen of God's kingdom, we can't fall into the values and the, the lifestyles of this world. We have an amazing opportunity as Christians to influence those around us with our actions and what we stand for. So the question I want to ask you this morning is, 
when you look at your personal life, what are some things that you're, you're wrestling with? What are some sins and behaviors that, that you have to kind of battle with so that you can, can set that example and live your life to be a better citizen of God's kingdom? The second way that he gives us is if we want to be good citizens of heaven here on earth is how we handle things from the people that God has allowed to have authority over in our lives. Here's what Peter says. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor who has supreme authority or to the governors who have sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the, the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom to cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. To me, what Peter says here hits home pretty hard. Because what he's saying is that we need to respect those who God has allowed to be put in charge of us. And that's a hard lesson. With so much political upheaval and so much just craziness when it comes to the whole system right now, we need to really listen to this. And whether you are extremely excited about the outcome of this past election or you are petrified of what's to come... As citizens of heaven living here on earth, we need to respect the authority that God has allowed to be in power. Now, what this doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you have to be a cheerleader for them. It doesn't mean you have to be a flag waver. It doesn't mean you have to like everything they say. But as Alex said last week, we need to honor everyone. And that includes the people that God has allowed to have authority here on earth. To me, we have to really understand what that purpose is. And the first way to start helping us learn how to be better citizens in this area is what we allow to, to come out of our mouths. Or, in this generation, what comes out of our fingers. Because everything's social media. I'm going to do a quick survey here. Who here has a social media account? Raise your hand. Okay. The other thing, who here has two social media accounts? How about three? Anyone have four? Yeah, so that, that's not uncommon here. So, social media is great. It has wonderful things that we can use and, and you can understand. But the problem with social media is that, as I've told our students a lot, it's the new print. It's the new thing that once you put it out there, it's out there because you no longer have control over it. It is to whoever wants it, and it includes Snapchat with screenshots. If you don't know what Snapchat is, find a teenager. But what I like to do, and sometimes I, I want to have personal conversations with teenagers, I like to do this, this kind of test. And I want, to do, I want you to do this at home this afternoon. Go home. 
pull out your phone, your tablet, your computer, or desktop, whichever you use, if you're on social media, and I want you to pull up your posts from the last 30 days. I want you to look at those posts and ask yourself two questions. Was what I was posting or saying showing respect to everyone? The second question is, what, I've, what I have said has shown love the way God has loved others. And it's sobering to me because if you look at my past 30 days, there's a whole lot of hate for Chicago and those Cubs. Nothing uplifting of what I've said to them. But all jokes aside, social media and what we say, it's out there. And, and once it's out there, it's anyone can see it and they look back at it and and a lot of times when we look back at it, we go, wow. And I wasn't really showing the, the love and honor and respect that, that God's asked me to. And, and that doesn't just mean in personal lives and, and political stuff as well. I mean, you turn on uh, any kind of social media and it's always something. But if we're going to be better citizens of heaven and earth, we have to start to respect those that God is allowed to have authority. And we have to learn how to rein in some of the things we may let loose. The third way of becoming better citizens of heaven is in our work lives. Peter says this, Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourself to your masters, not only to those who are good but, and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under pain of unjust suffering because they are of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and enduring it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. To this we are called because Jesus has also suffered and gave us an example that we should follow in his steps. So I don't know about you, but I know there's a lot of us that really love our jobs. And then there's a lot of us that can't stand them. We can't wait to get out of the company. We can't wait to retire. We can't wait to be finished. And whether you are a janitor or a CEO, in my personal opinion, I believe that Christians in the workforce are very, very important. And here's why. Christians look at their work as not work. They look at it as a place of service. That this is their mission field, a place that they can go to serve others. And when we're living our citizenship on earth here, whether it be a boss or a worker, if you have strong ethics because of your Christian faith, willing to treat others the right way, able to work harder because you're not seeing it as a bottom line, but you're seeing it as something to pour your heart into. I tell uh, students and, and adults alike that if we don't have to travel across the ocean to find a missions field, your missions field is right here in your schools, on your teams, where you go to hang out with, in your households. And for, for adults, it's your workplace because you spend so much time and so much energy there. It's your mission field. So how can you see your job as a mission field? In my personal experience in the secular work world, I think Christian bosses are unbelievable. 
Because every time I've had a Christian boss who wasn't afraid of their faith, uh, they are just, they're compassionate. They care for their employees. They don't see it in, in black and red. They just see it in just, hey, they're people that I love. And they don't see it as a position of power. They see it as a place that they can serve others. And like the authorities that, that Peter talked about, that God has placed in this world, God has placed some of you in a, a position of power in your companies. God's placed some of you as a CEO or a leader or a manager. And God wants you to use that as a place of your mission and not just a place to be working at in a career. When I graduated from college, I worked with a little company called Crothall. Now, I wasn't a fan of that company. didn't stay there long. Um, and I was straight out of college, so kind of new to things, and, and I met a man named Doug Dell. Now, Doug Dell was one of my managers, great guy. He's actually kind of made working there a little bit more enjoyable. And Doug would pull me aside, and he would just have a lot of personal conversations, and he was great. And the reason why he was great, because he was unashamed of his faith. He didn't go around preaching you know, from the Bible, but he acted his faith out constantly. And in our personal conversations, we were able to get deeper into that he is a follower of Jesus and he, is, he works hard because he loves others. And he was one of the best managers that that company had at that time. His employees loved him. And he, he made an impact, even on me, who was, was there for a very little bit of time. If you are a boss or a manager, you have an amazing opportunity to serve those who work for you. And whether you're a worker or a boss or you love your job or hate it, if we're going to be better citizens of heaven, we need to see our workplaces as a place that we are there to serve. Become that worker servant, the worker who just works hard and serves others whenever you can. Become that manager is also a servant that sees your employees and not just someone that's going to make you money, but someone they're going to love and grow and be a leader in their lives and not just leader in the workplace. So how can you start to serve others in your workplace? The fourth way we can that our citizens of heaven is to learn to be level-headed. Peter says this, when they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges, judges justly. He himself bore our sins and his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live righteousness. By his wounds, we are healed. And for you were like a sheep gone astray, but you are now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. You know, it's, it's my personal opinion that we live in a generation of insults and reactions. Turn on the TV, look through your social media accounts, listen to the radio if you still listen to the radio. Um, it's an angry time we live in. And if we're not careful as followers of Jesus, we can be pulled into fights and battles that we didn't intend to fight. But if we're going to be level-headed and we're going to be you know, followers of Jesus, we have to find a way to overcome that and not be pulled into it. Here's a good example. 
So this time last year, there was this infamous red cup from Starbucks. Now, you might remember it, uh, and if you don't know me well, let me let, you know, tell you a little about me. I love Christmas. Uh, my lights are up on November 2nd, and if my beautiful wife would allow me to have them on all year, long, all year round, they would be there, but the electric bill would be insane. Um, my Christmas playlist is done usually in October, and I do have the best Christmas playlist ever. I, trust me, the radio has nothing on me. Uh, actually, I, I wish the radio would listen to David Ivey. Um, love Christmas movies. If they're on TV, I, I kind of just kind of stop and watch a little bit. And now that I have a three-year-old who is becoming more like me, and I have the DVDs down in the basement, he's pulling them up, and I'm like, ching yes. Uh, yeah, a whole nother level. Absolutely, my beautiful wife. Uh, and the thing is, last year, this, this red cup comes out. And I'm not a coffee drinker, but I know people that are. And when I saw the red cup, um, I said, okay, it's red. You know, to me, it wasn't really, like, I guess it's Christmas, but I didn't feel it was like some kind of war on Christmas or anything like that. And my knee-jerk reaction is like, well, it's still kind of a Christmas color. Not everyone felt that way. There's a Christian blogger by the name of Joshua out of Arizona, a former pastor, and, and he went on a rant. And a part of his rant he quoted by saying, Starbucks removed Christmas, all in caps, because that's angry voice, from their cups, and they hate Jesus. And then he exclaimed that there's a war on Christmas. Now, let me kind of tell you this. I love it when Christians stand up for their faith. I love to see Christian activism done well and done right. But I feel that Joshua was standing up with full anger and hate, and he kind of did two very harmful things. The first thing he did was he started a Christian hate fest. And you probably know what I mean when I say that. Anything that's a hot topic, if you go on social media, every, there's a comment, 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 and they're so loving, not really... They're just full of just this anger. And the sad thing is, the people who do not believe in Jesus, the people who hate church or don't like going to church or, or doesn't understand what church is, uh, people who just don't believe in God, point to that. So that's the reason why. That's the reason I don't go to church. That's the reason I don't like Jesus. That's the reason I don't like this whole church, Christian, religious thing. Because of that. And instead of making a point and fighting a battle that was worth fighting, they just kind of made a mess. The second thing that happened because of this is, of all the injustices in this world, the red cup made Christians stand up and yell. Not the child that's gone hungry, who desperately needs food in this country and around the world. Not the widow who needs love and care not the addict that is desperate for hope. To me, it's not worth the fight. There's so much more other things that are worth us standing up and being upset about. When we see things that light our fire, we have to be careful in what we say and what we post. Because we we start going down one way, we're going to be pulled into these battles that we really don't want to be a part of. 
That's the question I have. What battles are you fighting that you didn't intend to fight? Because I'm sure Joshua would look back at his you know, post and say, you know, that's not what I was looking to do. I, I was trying to make a statement, but I wasn't trying to get that. And he was pulled into a battle that is going to completely, you know, could have just hurt many people who are searching for Jesus. If we're going to be better citizens of heaven, we have to be very level-headed when we look at what battles we're going to fight. Before we jump into a sparring match on Twitter, go off on our boss, we have to take a second and think about it. And it's very easy to get excited about things and, and, and feel these, these perceived injustices and we go, you know, want to stand on our soapbox, but we need to settle down and stop and, re- and wait and respond, not react. And when we respond that way, more times than not, it's a godly response. It's that whole idea of typing out your anger and not sending a letter or saying it, or type that text out but don't press send, or, or type that tweet out and not send it out. It's the same concept. And every time we do that, and we look back at what we may have said, we thank God we didn't say it. Because we saved ourselves, and really we saved God's reputation because that's what's happening when we go off and we're not thinking it through. As citizens of heaven, we have to set the example. Actually, Titus chapter 2 says this, In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. So those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. So whether it's in your day-to-day speech, your social media life, how you react to the news, uh, to that politician, uh, to that boss, to that friend, to that family member, if we're going to be better citizens of heaven, we have to be more level-headed. The last thing I want to share with you is the fifth way to be better citizens of heaven. And that's your prayer lives. The bottom line, if you want to follow Jesus closer, you have to put things into action. I tell students all the time that our actions are important. That we come here, do the church thing, we read the Bible and that's great, and we we hear people sing and talk and all that stuff, and that's, that's awesome. But if it's just that, our faith really isn't anything but words. Actions are important. And to me, the most important action any follower of Jesus can ever do is pray. All the things we talked about this morning, about being a better citizen of heaven, it all starts with prayer. You want to live a better life, start praying about it. You want to respect the people God has put in charge, pray for them. You want to have a better work life, pray about it. You want to be level-headed, pray about it. Prayer is the number one thing that Christians can do to make an impact. It's not social media. It's not a red Starbucks cup. And and truth be told, true Christian activism starts with prayer and ends with prayer. Philippians chapter 4 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your, your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus. Prayer is powerful. So what are things you need to pray about? Maybe it's the election. 
Maybe it's world problems. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's, it's an addiction. Um, maybe it's a temptation, a sin. But true Christian activism starts there. And the thing is that we struggle with the prayer in our, in our world today because we get a little intimidated. And, and I think the two keys to prayer uh, is this, being intentional and not giving up. When I say being intentional, I mean, you know, give up a time for him. Intentionally set time aside. And it doesn't require an hour. Five minutes in the morning, in the afternoon, sometime that it is God's time for you. And then don't give up. Maybe it's been a day, a, a week, a month, a year, 10 years. Don't give up on it. Just, just get back at it. Find that time from him. Make that time. It's worth it. If you're going to be a better citizen of heaven, if you're going to make an impact on this world, it starts with prayer. So as we close this morning, um, I know I'm excited for my life post-earth. I'm looking forward to being in heaven one day, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing my Savior face to face. But the thing is, is I have a job here on earth, and so do you. Don't take your citizenship of heaven here on earth lightly. You have been put in places, given authority, and be allowed to be in people's life for a purpose. And there are people who are hurting, who are weighed down with sin and pain. They're desperately needing to see Jesus through you. And you can do it. Now here's the thing, that this, this week is Thanksgiving. And some of us are going to have some opportunities to put this into action. There's that Uncle Bob that always needs to talk about politics. Even though you may even wear a Do Not Talk About Politics t-shirt, he wants to talk about it. Uh, there's that Aunt Susie that wants to just, for some reason, touch you. And you're like, I don't want touched, but they have to kiss you and punch your cheeks and hug you. And you're like, okay. Um, it could be a boss that says, listen, you're working Thanksgiving Day. Regardless of where this great holiday season is going to bring, there's going to be opportunities to live your citizenship of heaven here. And I challenge you, to go and, and live it out. This world needs it more than ever. And watch, the, watch how God impacts your world. Because he will. Let's pray. Father God, you are amazing. And I am honored that I can stand here. Thank you for your word and thank you for your son. And um, thank you for an opportunity to say thank you this, this Thanksgiving season. And um, let us go out here and just be better citizens of you. Whether it be in our personal lives or our work lives and the authorities that God has placed in us, um, in our prayer lives, in our way to be level-headed, whatever it is, God, just, just let us be more be a, a better citizen of your kingdom. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.